is the Big Church Podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody good? I'm already sweating, so y'all, it's, it's going to be a good day. It's, it's ready to go. Pastor Mindy, last week, we're doing it. We're, finished, we're getting ready in the next couple weeks to finish up our sermon series on asking for a friend, and it's been really good so far. I'm, I'm not saying that. It's, has it been good? Anybody get anything out of it? It's been really good. She, like, dropped the mic last week. I'm telling you, that was one of the best messages I've heard her preach, and it was one of the hardest ones that you have to bring forth. And we've had, I've had so much feedback from that. So thank you, babe, for doing an awesome job last week. I appreciate that. But uh, come on, come on. Um, can I ask a question? Is it a, thank you, honey. You don't let me do that at home, so that's not, I'm kidding. Not really. Um, is it okay... To eat all the bad junk food in the weekend before your Monday diet. Asking for a friend. There's been many times we're starting our exercise and our diet on Monday. Well, let's just clean out the refrigerator, get the closets open. Come on, has anybody else done that in here? Come on, be honest. I'm going to start working out, but I'm going to eat everything I knew Friday through Sunday. I got another question. Is it okay... To eat a whole jar of peanut butter in less than five days. Thank you. Hey, I'm just asking for a friend. Not that, not that it applies to me. Anybody that knows me knows this. I love peanut butter. It's like one of my vices, I guess you might say. So when I go to Costco or to, to wherever I go, I get the double pack of it. And usually, man, I go through a jar of peanut butter just like that. One more question. If you eat dog jerky treats... Will it kill you? Asking for a friend. I heard a story of a guy that came in, and there was some jerky treats sitting right on the counter, and he walked in and ate the whole bag, and his friend came home and said, man, I had some dog treats sitting out. Have you seen them? He ate the whole bag of them, and he didn't die, so I'm sure it's not that bad. Listen, anybody grew up in the country here? Anybody? Come on. Anybody ever seen pigs wallowing around in the mud? Well, I grew up in the country, and my uncle had a, had a few pigs, and, you know, I used to always think that was their playground, man. They just wanted to be laying in the mud and feeling that a certain way all day long. But, you know, really, that's a myth. That's not really the truth. Pigs don't have sweat glands, unlike me. Now, listen, if you sit on the front row here, anywhere in the vicinity of me sometimes, you might not have to take a shower or you might need a shower really quick as soon as service is over because I sweat really, really bad. But they wallow in the mud because what it does, it cools them down and it lowers their body temperature. But let me just tell you something this morning. We weren't meant as humans to wallow in the mud. We were not meant to be stuck in the mud. The title of my message this morning is, How do we get out of being stuck in a rut? Asking for a friend. Can I just tell you that I've been talking to many people over the last seven, eight months since all this happened, since COVID happened. And there I was just talking to a gentleman the other day. He said, Pastor Rich, I just feel like I'm stuck in a rut. I feel like I'm stuck in the same old thing I've been doing. I can't kind of break out of that. And, and it inspired me to go, okay, well, what do you do? You know why it inspired me? It's because during COVID, I had the same problem. When it first started out, man, COVID was awesome. We got vacation. We, we, we got, you know, we could stay home. We could do everything that we wanted to do in ourselves. But after a little while, but 
you know what they did? They took March Madness away. You know, I could have stayed in there for six or eight weeks as long as I had college basketball playing. It would have been no problem. But after a while, what happened is, is March Madness turned into boring madness. Come on, did anybody, after a few weeks, you were going, okay, this was fun for a little while, but now, like, what's going on? You know, I had many times when I got kicked out of the house just because I was humming. <laughs> anybody out there get kicked out of the house just because you're trying to be annoying? Or, I wasn't, no, 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 I wasn't trying to be annoying. I just was being, I was annoying, right? She's like, can you go find something to do? Besides being in my presence, uh, you're breathing too loud, and, and you know what I'm talking about. I was like, honey, I'll quit breathing for less than, only a minute. That's about as long as I can hold my breath. But, you know, it turned into that, and, you know, I'll be honest. I got lazy. I got complacent. I, got, I gained weight. I'd lost weight before I gained it all back, plus a couple more pounds, and I was going through the same old boring routine, and sometimes that's what we get. That's what life actually does to us. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever been stuck in a rut? And maybe you're currently stuck in a rut right now. The definition in the olden days was when the wagons went out west and all the mud, after a while it dried up and, and the wagons would get stuck in the rut. They couldn't get out, had to push them out. But in the newer definition, it says remaining in the same negative situation of life. That's a little better definition for where we're at right now. We were all stuck in a rut at one time, or we were all stuck in the mud at one time. Listen to Ephesians 2 in the message. This is really good. Thank you, uh, CG, for getting this put together for me. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in your old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief, and then you exhaled disobedience. Does that not sound like the world we live in right now? We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and just do away with the whole lot of us. Aren't you glad for his grace and his mercy? Because he's probably sitting up, I don't know. He's probably like, oh my gosh, I gave them that many chances and they just keep doing the same thing. But my first point this morning is this. Mud happens. You don't have to go looking for mud. You don't have to go looking for troubles. It just happens, right? In your life, sometimes you're not even aware of it. It hits you all at once. But here's what happens. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Trials, difficulties, hardships, failures will come. I wish I could stand up here and tell you that you're going to live a perfect life and nothing's ever going to happen to you. That is not it because every life has mud holes. Mud holes of childhood, mud holes of mistakes, mud holes of addictions and wrong choices and decisions. Number two says mud sticks to you. Have you ever walked in the mud? It clings to your feet, doesn't it? Here's the thing. You don't really notice it at first. You're just trudging through the mud, and you're like, hey, this is okay, okay. But after a while, the mud seems to get, when it's on the bottom of your feet, you don't really notice it very much. But when it starts to get about ankle deep, you start going, whoa, wait a minute here now. I'm having a little bit harder time moving. And when it gets to about knee deep, you go, man, I really can't move in this. And before too long, it's, you're so deep in this, you don't know how. The more you take, the more caked it is. And each step you take, it's like lifting weights, right? It's like, Ugh. 
we've been walking a lot. And she said, why don't you get the ankle weights out? I was like, I can't barely make it up this hill without them. But I'm going to try it. Here we go. Cleaning takes work. You can scrape it. You can rub it. You can wash it. You can pick it. You can wipe it. You can do whatever you want to do. You name it. You've probably tried it, right? And I'm putting this towards your life. It, may, it works for a little while. All of these actions that you try to take, they work for a little while. You're feeling good. You don't see the things that, that are around you. You wipe it off, and it may look like clean, but it still keeps coming around. Cain loved to wear boots in high school. And sometimes the top of the boots didn't have that. He always came with muddy feet half, half the time. And, you know, I remember him cleaning his boots, but the bottom of boots, you know, have those little cleats in the bottom of them. I remember him walking through the house and leaving a residue all over the house. And his mom said, you take them boots off by your door. He would take them off by the door. Then he'd slip them on, go to his room, go to the kitchen, go to the basement. But what happened is the top part of his boots looked good, but the bottom was leaving a residue once it dried. It looked so good on the outside. But it keeps showing up. Why? Because you try to clean it up yourself. Let's go to number three. Mud gets hard. The ability, mud has the ability to change its property. It used to be soft and pliable. It used to be something you would squash down in. But listen here. You can live in the mud so long that you become hardened to the things of God. You can live in the mud so long, and I've seen many people in life who, who were so hardened by the pain. They were so hardened by the hurt. They were so hardened by the troubles of their life that they just could not make it, and it made them so hard. And they had stayed in the mud so long that really it was too hard to get out. It was so caked around their hearts. I remember having a man that when he came in big O, nobody wanted to wait on him because <laughs> he was a mean dude. But what I did is I started just talking to him as he came in. And the more he came in, the more he would ask to specifically talk to me. Not that I was perfect, but everybody, he was so hardened by life, had more money than he, you would never know it. He drove an old beat-up truck, lived in an old house, but somebody told me he was a multimillionaire. But he was so hardened by the things of life that he couldn't see that. But sometimes it takes the right word and the right atmosphere and the right attitude to break those hardened blings down. He stayed too long in the one. We can, we can become so calloused. We can become so hardened. And really, they get that place and they, they can't and they even refuse to move towards God. Let's look at number four. But this, listen. Mud has a bottom. You ever get your vehicle stuck in the mud? Come on, all you rednecks. You've got your truck stuck in the mud before. You probably got your lowrider stuck in the mud before, right? Come on. You got, you know, here's what you do. You instinctively try to get out of the mud. What's the first thing that you do? You go, <laughs> I love my wife. Give it gas. We're going 100. Here we go. Come on. That's the way she lives. I love her for that, though. You give it gas, and, man, all of a sudden you're spinning, and you're, what you're doing as you're spinning, you're getting deeper. And deeper and deeper. And you press on the gas. Oh, if I can go faster, I can get out. But what it does, listen to this. What it does is it causes damages to your surroundings. Wow. You tear up the grass. 
You damage the ground that's all around you. And a lot of us are like that in our lives. We're stuck and we're tearing everything up in our families. We're tearing up in everything in, in, in all of our surroundings and things. We're tearing everything up in our relationships because we're pressing on the gas and we ain't going nowhere. You can get stuck anywhere. You can get stuck in your past. You can get stuck in your job or your career. You can get stuck in your habits. and then ch- You can even get stuck in church. You can get stuck in church. You can get stuck in the wrong church, and I'm not down anybody. But you can also get stuck in your spirit by saying, this is for me. Because this is not just for you. This is for him. And when you come in, and when you come in with an attitude of, listen, I, I, I want things to get unstuck in my life, we have to know that church, this place, being here physically today, is going to help you get unstuck. You can get stuck in your spirit. How many has ever been stuck in their spirit? I got both hands up here. I feel like I just running on a treadmill. You can get so stuck and so deep that you cannot get yourself out. But we don't want to ask for help, do we? I can do this myself. How's that working out for you? Come on. I can get out of this myself. We don't want to be able. We want to be self-reliant. We want to be in control when we're stuck in the mud. But sometimes you got to hit the bottom before you can move forward. If you didn't hit the bottom, you might never get the help that you need. Because a lot of times we don't even go to God when we're here or here or here or here. But it takes this much in your life. The prodigal son went and spent everything that he had. And he ended up in the mud hole of life, in the pig pen of life. And all because he hit the bottom, he had nowhere to go. He says, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to go to my father because I know there's healing back there. I know there's something back there that I need. It's like my life. I had to hit the bottom before God could ever do that. And listen, I've hit the bottom a few times in my life life and you know sometimes I didn't learn from that I'm not getting ahead of myself but sometimes I didn't learn from that you got to hit the bottom to go forward number five mud is necessary what are you talking about sometimes we pray for rain in our lives and we get the rain we need we we pray for rain in the land because it's not there's been none around but because our lives are dry but listen to this But that same prayer also means that there's going to be mud. As more it rains, the Bible says, on the just and the unjust, you can't have rain without mud. But listen to this. Victories are not realized without trials. The things that you've went through in your life have made you. They've molded you. You may have not liked them, but I'm telling you, at the very end of it, They're going to be necessary for your life to go forward. Victories are not realized without trials. The testing and the trying of your faith works patience. How many need some patience in the room? Get both your hands up. Both your your hands up. Okay. We all need patience, right? When's this going to happen? And how good? The testing and the trial of your faith produces patience. You've been waiting on something. God said, just stand back a little bit. Let me, let, me, let me take care of this. Who's not learned a lesson from being stuck in the mud? Any lessons out there has been learned by the mud holes of your life? Come on, we can get a hands up. This is very interactive today. Get your hands up in the air. God, but listen to this. Mud is sometimes necessary because it helps to move you forward. God never gave us a promise of escape from trials and mud. He only gave us a way through them. 
He never said you're going to have no trials in your life. He said, but I'm going to give you a way. So how do I get, be, how do, do I get being, how do I get out? Being stuck in a mud, in a rut. Doing the same things that we always do that got us in stuck will unlikely break us out of stuck, right? Yeah. If you do the same thing you've always done, you're probably going to get the same result. Yeah. It will likely lead to more stuck. Some kind of change has to happen. Some kind of little small change has to happen before God can take you out of that place that you're in. You know, here's some ways to get out of a rut or get out of the mud. Number one, acknowledge that you're there. you got to acknowledge the problem. You can never get out of a rut if you don't acknowledge that you are in one. What's the matter with you? I'm good. Everything good in my life? You, you good? But yet, behind all of the smile, behind all of the good, you're not good. You have to acknowledge it, and you don't help somebody out here, Lord. You don't got to get on Facebook and get counseling from 7 million people who don't care about you. That one's free. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you ever posted something and look at some of the comments and you're like, oh, wait a minute, you... You crazy, and you're trying to give me advice? <laughs> Your life's a mess, and you're trying to tell me how to get out of my mess? I don't think so. Goes into the next one. you got to keep moving. Don't give yourself time to sink in. Many times we want an explanation of what's going on in our life. We want to know we have to stop. Here I go. we got to stop and ask everybody advice on how to get out of a rut. Everybody does not have your best interest in heart. The only one you need to talk to is you need to talk to your pastors. You need to talk to your leaders. You need to talk to God himself first and foremost and say, God, where, how do I get out of this? Talk to someone. Find a friend. Get a mentor. I'm, have, I'm, I'm trying to get mentors in my life right now. I'm connecting with people because I have been stuck in a rut and, and I couldn't get out of it. I needed some help. Get some help. You got to break your daily routine. Don't you amen. You be quiet. You have to break it down sometimes in steps. You have times you have to make a list. I'm hard with making lists. But what I've had to do over the last few weeks is I've had to actually set time to do this and, and figure out to do this, put all my things on my phone. At the end of the day, I actually check it all off. I've got five things done in one day. I'm like, woohoo, I did it. And she was so proud of me too. But listen to this. I had uh, Justin came up and said this. Always give your best effort. Done is better than perfect. That was so good that night. If y'all missed, we need to have him back and do that. That was so good that night. Done is better than perfect. How many of you all trying to have a perfect life? You're trying to line up. You're trying to, and you're getting zero done because you feel so, I, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it. Well, I think that's, a, that's, that's actually a cop-out. You need to continue to do what you need to do. Listen to this. Don't always learn from success stories. you got to learn from failure stories, too. Smart people learn from their own mistakes. Thank you, honey. Wise people learn from others' mistakes. Sometimes you can learn from your own, but when you can look at someone else's life and say, I don't really want to go there because I saw the end result of where they went. Another one is, don't follow the crowd, do you. Wow, I could preach two hours on this one. We're following the crowd. We're following what culture says. We're following 
everything until we get to the point we've lost who we are. Christians need to stand up right now in this time and say, listen, we are not going to follow what you say, not trying to be defiant, but we need to start doing us. And that's leading people to the kingdom of God and seeing where we need to go in the future. You got to, here's a good one. You got to get outside, get some fresh air, got to get some exercise. I try to remind that when we're walking our three miles a day. We've been hiking over on Broad Run and going up the, the stuff, and I had to remind myself, this is good. This is good. Oh, this is going to make me feel so much better. But it has. I'm still sweating. I'm not sweating as bad. I'm not out of breath right now because we are getting in shape. But those things, some of those things just taking a run. I see Pete and Mary all the time walking, and that is such a good job. Pete's down 20 pounds. Come on. Get some fresh air and get some exercise. But I got good news for you, number five. Mud can be cleaned. Ephesians 2.5 says this. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we were in the mud, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And listen, he also raised us up together and he made us to sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. In the sunshine, come on, in the rain, in the good times, and in the bad times, God's love and care is always with us and at work. Oh, you all ought to be excited about that. He loved you when you didn't deserve it. He loved you when you were down and you thought nobody else knew. He loved you then. That ought to excite you. If you're in that place right now, and I want to let you know that Jesus Christ loves you. He never stops. He never gets deterred. He never gets distracted. Romans 5.8 says this, But God demonstrated His own love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, that while we were yet in the mud, while we were yet in a rut, Christ died for us. When we were stuck in the mud, God was at work sending us a rescue mission. So mud happens. It's not a question this morning, are you muddy? All of us have been in the mud. Listen, if I'm talking to someone online, I know we're not on there right now, but I'm getting some practice in. Here we go. If I'm talking to someone online, some of you may be in the mud now. Sometimes we suffer the consequences for bad decisions wrong choices, but we all don't need to wallow in it. If you're wallowing in the mud, you need to get out. You need to take a step of action, and you need to allow Jesus to clean you up. When this prodigal son was sitting in the mud hole, he had a come-to-Jesus moment in his life, and he said, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to walk back to the Father because there's peace back there. There's love back there. There is something that I need back there. So many times we sit and wallow in the mud, and we're feeling sorry for ourselves, and God said, just get up and walk back to me. Maybe you've walked away. Oh, I feel like preaching in here this morning. Maybe you've walked away. God says, come on back. Quit wallowing in it. Get out of it. What happened to you in the past? It's easy to say get over the past, but sometimes you have to get over some things to get over some things. You don't have to remain one moment longer in the mud. God has already paved a way for you to be delivered and set free. He sent Jesus to get you out of the ruts of life and to clean you up as many times 
as it takes. Many times as it takes. Woo! There is restoration from our pain. There is restoration from our hurt. God can take us from the mud and he can set you on a solid rock. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.